Hello, and welcome to the Science Behind Science podcast. My name is Anne Tushar. And I'm Dennis Grenzowitz. Here, we'll take you backstage of research to introduce you to the people behind science and how scientific discoveries really happen. Hey, Anne, what's up? Hey, Dennis. How are you doing? Good. We are in the middle of medical school, still <laughs> cooking away. I found some new research opportunities here at Ohio State, and that's been really exciting. Everything is really good here. Glad to hear it. The lab still moves on over on my end. So, <laughs> Yay. so as you know, Anne, today we are doing kind of uh, a different thing. We are wrapping up our first season of the podcast. Ooh. Yeah. Today is going to be kind of a takeaways and plans episode where we wanted to give a broad reflection on the first groupings of episodes we were able to release for this podcast and kind of talk about like what we think went well and then what we want to work on and kind of the big picture ideas that we saw permeating throughout all the conversations we had. And then we wanted to give everyone a bit of an idea about what we want to do moving forward that will also guide us in the future. That sounds good to me. Awesome. So to start, I kind of just wanted to group all of the different guests and episodes by their subgenres. So if you've been consistently watching, you may notice that in the titles, we have all of these like science and something. And so this was a very specific decision on our part where we wanted to kind of group our episodes by the different topics in research that we thought might be important to kind of discuss on this podcast. So we don't think that we found like all the like subgenres or groupings that we want to have for the future, but we wanted to give everyone a bit of an idea more about, you know, what the overarching narrative of the episode was going to be about. So you may have noticed by now that we had communication, education, road to PI, careers and medicine. And we hope that we can expand on each category and maybe bump out a couple of categories in the future. Exactly. We were hoping that these categories would also help you as our listeners find things that also maybe are more tailored to you and the stage of life that you're in or what your interests are. Again, like Dennis said, we're not completely tied to these groupings here. We might expand them. We might change them a little bit, but it's uh kind of helps us with our narrative as well and figuring out also where else we can bring to this podcast. So now that we've just talked about all the different subgenres that we currently have in thinking back about all the different episodes that we've produced so far, the people we've had on, the topics we've covered. In my head, I kind of came up with some little groupings of these episodes that are a bit different from the subgenres, but that I hope will also give you guys an idea of what we've done so far in a more big picture kind of way. So we had quite a few educators on the podcast. Oh, yeah. But we love that. We wanted that because that's where it all starts, right? We want to have people talk about what it means to teach science, how to teach that well, and how students can make the most of their education. So we had like a teaching science section in my mind. And then we also had a grouping of people who talked about some science fundamentals. So we had someone talk about uh, clinical research. That was Milana. We had Stetson. He talked about science communication. And he also talked about how to read the literature, which is another great episode for people who are looking to get into that for the first time, or even some current scientists. Um, so we had those groups and then we had a career pathways group. So we had a few people talk about just what their careers are like and how they fit in the big picture of science. And then we had a road to PI section. I think it's still good to call it road to PI, but I think if I could group 
a certain number of people together, I would actually call it how to succeed as a scientist, because we had um, Lou talk about what it meant to balance work and life. We had Iris talk about how she's getting to where she wants to get to as a rising PI. And then we had Dr. Lathia talking about how he's doing as a young PI in his lab. So those are some of the smaller groupings that I had in my head, kind of to give some ideas of like the common threads that I've seen so far within those groups. I would say in the teaching scientists or sorry, teaching science group, some things I've noticed from our educators are that A, they really care about student feedback. That was like integral to how they would design their courses, to how they would plan their assessments. In every aspect, they were caring about their students and also treating them as individuals. So there's one common thread. Another one was they were all about applied learning. We had Rob do a specific episode on discovery-based labs, but all the teachers we talked to were all about integrating applied learning somehow into their curriculum. And then another common thread was just the growth mindset because all of them so readily embraced failure um, and saw that as a way to succeed in future if you know how to embrace it now. So those are some common threads that I saw there. Do you have any thoughts on that, Dennis? I really loved how you hit on that the teachers were not just focused on getting across their material, but Mm -hmm. the teachers that we talked to so far were also about building the individual through the learning process. Mm -hmm. And so I think that by mentioning how professors really care about embracing failure and making sure that people can get up if they don't do great or don't earn the mark that they expect or something like that, or, you know, their experiment doesn't go well, that there are a lot deeper lessons to be learned than just, you know, I got a good grade on a class and now I'm the next year in college or like I passed my QE and I'm going further into PhD now. So I really like that takeaway. Awesome. Thanks. I'll hit on a couple other things and in the other groups for the succeeding as a scientist, kind of like hitching on the back of the growth mindset. I feel like in those episodes, we saw a lot of that in practice. A lot of them would take the time to show you what does that look like as a scientist, not in school, but as a scientist. And I feel too that we were really fortunate to have people who were willing to explain to us what kind of challenges they faced and how we got through them. And my big takeaway from that was that A lot of times what you want to go after isn't going to come without challenges, but that you can take them and that it's just important to have the right mindset to approach those sort of things. So I was really glad to hear that from them. There was a lot of focus on resilience throughout those talks. And I I don't know, I just felt like they had a good way of showing you what it means to be flexible and what it means to move forward in spite of things that might be hard. And also, I think something that they taught me was that just because you have an obstacle in your way doesn't mean it's not for you to pursue that path. Because a lot of the people that we've had on the podcast, I feel like they've either taken a non-traditional route to get to where they are, or they're in where they want to be now, but they're either still facing some challenges to get to the next step or whatever it might be. And yet they continue to pursue it and tell us that keep going. You know, it doesn't mean it's not for you if you're just facing some challenges or setbacks. Totally agree. That's really nice. So rather than focus on the episodes directly, I wanted to mention some big reflective takeaways that I had or more like science philosophical ideas. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But I had like three things that really stuck out to me about this grouping of episodes from all the awesome conversations we've had so far that I wanted to bring up today. So the first of those things was that I think that all of our conversations show that, and this isn't meant to be dissuading by any means, but that Science is really hard on its own. The pursuit of research is really challenging. There are a lot of hurdles you have to get over and things like that, Mm -hmm. just in the lab or with your code or something like that. So science is hard on its own, but there are actually a lot of hidden difficulties that can add up if they aren't addressed or managed or planned for. So as you mentioned, a lot of amazing stories got shared with us 
regarding pathways and things like that. And I think that you have to be able to weather the storm of not only making your research work, but also finding your own path for what you want to do. If anything, I feel really happy that we were able to curate so many conversations about people who did make it and that did make it work for them in the different ways that it has for their own pursuits. And I think it goes to show that at the end of the day, the different challenges you end up facing in the pursuit of something greater, like the pursuit of research, is just holistically worthwhile. You can gain a lot of intrinsic and extrinsic value from it. And I think that's really cool. I think too, everybody that we talked with understood that value as well and did a good job of explaining that to us and what it meant, meant to them. So totally I agree. Now, this is kind of similar to something you mentioned about our educators that we had on. The second takeaway that I had is that focus is placed on passionate and personalized mentorship by the top mentors. Mm-hmm. And I think consistently and repeatedly, I have seen this from people we've interviewed and also like people I've just met, but specifically people that we've interviewed where they are truly fantastic at tailoring their mentorship to each individual mentee. And depending on what you need, I mean, obviously it matters for lab fit or mentor fit and things like that between you and your mentor. But the people who are doing it best are taking time out of their day and brain space to make sure that they are advocating for you in the ways that you need. Now, this actually recently happened with me too, while I'm trying to settle into my new institution, where a person that I've been talking to in terms of doing some research here has been really invested in trying to make decisions that will help me in the future based on their experience so far. And I had kind of guessed that that was happening because I really liked this person, but they recently directly shared it with me saying, you know, I've been thinking about all these different options for you. And in terms of what we've discussed about your career trajectory and things that you want to accomplish, I've really thought about this and I wanted to pitch this as the thing that we did together. Mm. And I was like, so taken aback by that. Like, wow, like this person is so flipping invested in me. Like, that's crazy. But I've seen this repeatedly, like with Rob and our conversations with him and then the experience I had with him, the way that Dr. Lathia talked about pulling his lab together. I really took away that, you know, if you're looking for somebody to teach you something about how to be a good scientist, they have to be willing to really put time into your development. And they could be really good or very accomplished, but if they're not willing to help you build yourself, then I think that you should pass. Mm. So that was part two. I like that, Dennis. You're actually making me think too. It's like when you talked about the problems of finding your own path as a scientist and the issues that are just intrinsic to science or the challenges that are intrinsic to it, having the mentorship is even more critical because those are the people who like help you figure out that path, who help you meet those challenges in the day-to-day. So good point. Thank you. And for my final takeaway from the season so far, I kind of saw like three personality characteristics that stuck out to me as things that I've seen in successful scientists around me and specifically the people that we talk to. And so those three things are curiosity, resilience, and compassion. I think that the first two are pretty straightforward. Curiosity, if you want to do this, you got to be interested in like asking questions and finding answers. I think that some of the best scientists are the ones who remain curious throughout their careers. And we see that with people who make discoveries later, later on in tenure and things like that. And resilience also is, is pretty clear. I mean, we've, we've seen many stories where resilience was necessitated. Takai, for instance, had to redo her bachelor's when she came to America. That's ridiculous. Iris has dealt with quite a lot in her road to become someone who's on the pathway to be a PI now who got an amazing grant 
we've seen many different conversations now where resilience was absolutely critical. Resilience is obviously built in a lot of ways. We can't cover that right now, but it's just an important characteristic that if you can figure out ways to help to kind of build your own grit, I think that that will go a long way for you in the future. The last one that I sat on for a while, but I think is really important and it makes me happy. And part of the reason why we want to do this podcast in particular is compassion. And I use compassion both for oneself and for peers. There's a lot of competition in science, especially at like certain institutions. It's kind of cutthroat, but we've seen now that it's possible to be both self-compassionate and compassionate for the people around you and still be ridiculously successful in science. Mm And those people all seem really happy too and fulfilled. So I think compassion is a really important characteristic to bring up here because if you're able to see another person's perspective and care for them in the process of building a project together, it's more likely that they're going to end up working alongside you and you're going to end up getting the result you want in the first place. Being nice is beneficial to yourself as well as to the world. Yes. Harboring compassion is just critical to being really successful because It's going to mean that collaborators are going to want to stick around and people are going to want to come to your lab because it's a fun space to learn and build. And you're just going to be internally happy, which is really important too. Those were my big takeaways from our first season. Very nice. I love it. (laughs) So now I think that we're going to hit on just some general highlights. So this first one, I was just trying to think of actually the snippets of our conversations that have remained with me ever since we recorded them. Because I was thinking like those are the ones that are actually made it into my life and that I've <laughs> integrated in some way. Um, you might have to correct me if I'm saying this wrong. But I remember Lou talking about her kid and how her kid learned in school the power of not yet. Like I can't yes. right now, but soon, one day yes. I will be able to do this thing. And I love the things they teach children in school because it's just right to the point and you can take it with you. But that's something she said to me that I was just like, that's correct. You know, when I'm in the lab, sometimes I see something I have to learn and I'm like, I don't understand this yet, but I will, (laughs) or I don't know how to do this yet, but I will. And having that mindset was a good growth mindset application for me. Another highlight, because it was just so helpful with Stetson's entire episode just on reading literature. I don't know. I, I think I, I honestly went back and listened to it again. And I was like, oh, I missed that last time. But I think specifically for me, it's his recommendations for what to read or how to get into a new field of research if you don't know where to start. Because if there's anything I've learned about science is when you're coming into it for the first time, it is overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's very confusing. So I would say like that's definitely up there. And then... um. Our educators were wonderful. I just, I think in general, the thing that has also stuck with me is just that we've had such wonderful people on this podcast. Like I know every person we've had on just inspires you to be a better human and to live with more passion for life and for the things that you do. And I think it's also a big thing I've taken away is just that they always kept their why in perspective. Everybody that we talked to is just like, this is the reason I'm doing this. Like, you know, I, they just would keep coming back to that. And so they were really good at having that in the forefront of their mind all the time. So don't get lost in the things that are hard about science or finding their next step. So those are, I think, some little personal highlights for me. Do you like to talk about yours? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I just have two. The first of which was that I just really love talking to scientists about not science direct things. Mm. I feel like Every time we have to go talk with someone new, 
have to ask them about the research and kind of angle somehow to gain some kind of collaboration or something. I don't know. But it was really nice to just meet people for themselves and bring out the stories behind how people got places. And it made me really happy that we in whatever this is like could offer a platform to really cool people to talk about how they've gotten to do the things that they do. Because mm -hmm. I think that, I don't know, it, it inspires you, it inspires me. And I think that that's just a, like, it makes me feel really thankful that we have this opportunity to do this in the first place. And that leads into my second piece oh. where I think my takeaway is just like, I really enjoyed doing this. <laughs> Anne and I agreed to do this over a year ago now. And starting the podcast and like running the podcast has come with a massive amount of challenges for both of us. We've had to learn a lot. We've had to fix a lot of things. We've had to change a lot of things. I moved out of Cleveland, which is where we were both located. And that came with its own challenges. But I think that getting to work on this as a team has been really cool. And getting to meet all of these amazing folks has been fantastic. So it's been incredibly rewarding and exciting. And I'm walking away with this cloud nine feeling about giving ourselves some time to think about what we want to do for the next season. And I feel really deeply committed to seeing how this thing matures. And so that's kind of a cool place to be. Mm -hmm. And that brings up the hiatus. We've kind of been jumping around about this, but given that we released a certain number of episodes, we wanted to give ourselves some time to just like sit back and think about what we did well and what we want to work on. And basically what broader areas we want to target for future episodes. Generally speaking, we've been releasing episodes about every two weeks. Now we want to take a planned and scheduled and purposeful hiatus to wait until early 2023 at some point to start releasing content again. Exactly. And Dennis and I are trying to think a little bit more about what haven't we covered yet that we could cover, you know, who we want to reach out to next. We definitely want to look more into industry as a lot of the people we've talked to are in academia we also want to get some more into the fundamentals of good research practices. Again, we had a few fundamentals episodes, but there's obviously so much more you could cover there. And then, of course, as we've gotten into some of the soft skills of being a scientist, we want to also continue to delve into workplace dynamics and managing stresses of pursuing career in science. It's a topic that I feel like is definitely something you talk about with a lot of different people to hear a lot of diverse perspectives. And so we're looking to bring that on too. The nice part that we will end this with is that we already have a fair amount of content, but we're just sitting on it. So it's not like we're going anywhere. It's coming back. <laughs> but with all of that in mind, uh, we want to ask for some purposeful feedback in this time. If you are able or interested, we recently made a Twitter and the Twitter handle is Psy behind Psy pod. You can also reach us via our email, which is sciencebehindsciencepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on Substack, which is the Science Behind Science Podcast on Substack. And so you can reach out on any of those platforms. We will take all constructive feedback. And we just wanted to say thank you very much to both our guests and our listeners. We really appreciate all the folks who are invested in this. We have a lot of people both behind the scenes who have been helping us out and mentoring us. Mm -hmm. And for all of our guests, they have been fantastic in terms of planning and scheduling and working to make this work. Um, everyone's very busy and it's pretty hard to do something like this in the first place. So it's been it's been really cool to reach out to people and have such a resounding positive feedback from them. Yes, they've been wonderful. So for me, thank you to our guests for being so fabulous, not only for our podcast, but also in life. And thank you to our wonderful listeners as well. 
We're excited to produce more content for you because this is for you and you're on our minds. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Science Behind Science podcast. We look forward to catching you next time.